kid. We're right on time. We're right on time. Of course we're right on time. Yes, we're here. That's how that works. Yes, we're here when we start and we are on time for the Media Boat Podcast. For the Media Boat Podcast. Let me mute this and then we can turn on the audacity because I have the audacity to begin podcasting. Well, I have the audacity to already subscribe. What? Ah! We're already going. We're already going. Yeah, we're hey, right. that means welcome to the Media Boat Podcast. Today is June the twentieth. Uh, wow, really? 20th. I was gonna say the seventeenth. I was gonna be so wrong. You're so wrong. It's June the twentieth, twenty eighteen. This is episode one hundred and twenty-eight of the Media Boat Podcast. The Media Boat Podcast is your source for news about movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily. In that order, but sometimes in that order. But not today. Uh, maybe once upon a time. Uh, but yeah, this is a, a regular show this week. Last week we kind of had our special wrap-up for E3, the Video Game Expo. That is now behind us. We are in a post-E3 2018 world. So it's back to our regular, regularly scheduled programming for you guys. So this is a regular show. Uh, we're starting a little later tonight if you're watching live. But hey, you might already know that. So, let's get rolling right into it. We always... St- oh, my name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. By the way, We're going to roll right into this why thing. Not? Yeah. Uh, why this not? is like episode one. I already said 128. 128? I already beat you to it. Yeah, beat me to it. Are, Mario 128. 128 Mario's. Going, I can't yes. see comments going. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, so, let's start like we always start with the movies, and we always start movies... With the box office numbers. So, it was pretty easy to guess what was going to be the number one movie this week, and it definitely delivered. Yes. In fact, it over-delivered, if you ask Disney. It crushed it. <laughs> Easily. Easily. So, your number one movie, of course, as you might have guessed, was Disney Pixar's The Incredibles 2, debuting with $182 million. Uh, to put that into perspective... The previous animated record holder, Finding Dory, $128 million. Dang. So this crushed it by $50 million. That's like, that's literally crushing it. That's the definite. If you look up crushing it, you'll see <laughs> Incredibles 2. Incredible right there. <laughs> um, well, Mr. Incredible, because he crushes it. But. It literally, literally does. Yeah. So we, I might as well note this now. Unfortunately, we do not have thoughts about The Incredibles 2. I went to go see it. We have not seen it. It was sold out. Yes. The showing after it was sold out, and the two showings after that (laughs) was sold out. So needless to say, uh, we will probably be next week uh, with our actual feelings about the movie. We have not seen it. We'll be talking about it probably then, and we'll maybe fit it into our rankings. But for now, just know that it is... One, killing it at the box office. Yes, Two, easily. it has an A-plus Metascore, Metacritic. Yeah. It's got like a 92 or something. Yeah. Yeah. This thing is like a home run hit for, for Pixar. And uh, as we predicted it would be. Yep. In fact, I'm so glad I took the over because I was right. All right. Chat. Let's I move. found Chad again. You found Chad again. I found so Chad. Let's move on. The rest of to our the top box five office. here. Your number two movie was Ocean's 8, earning another $19 million to add to its $70 million total. Your number three was Tag, Jeremy Renner's fake arm, uh, tags another $15 million. 
No, uh, it's opening to 15 million. It opened this weekend. You have... Oh, that's right. Okay. I forgot it came out this week. I thought it came out last week. Yeah. Because we talked about it last week. Talked about it last week. Um, then... Uh, our stories last week. <laughs> Solo drops number 10... Oh, number 4. Not number 10. Number 4 with $10 million. Deadpool 2 rounds out your top 5 with another $8 million. Uh, That is to note that Deadpool 2 is currently ahead of Avengers. Yeah. Hey. What do you know? What do you know? Uh, so yeah, uh, that is your top five as for this weekend. Well, get ready because everything got out of the way of the big new release this week, which is Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Which is Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is Raptors, Bryce Dallas Howard, yes. the whole deal. Jurassic World, the first one, is literally playing in front of our eyes right now as we speak uh, because FX can't stop playing it. Yes. Uh, but, so yeah, if you're ready for more dinosaur action, uh, this weekend's the time to get it. Uh, early words uh, seem to be positive, but yeah. that's only for very early screeners, so we'll see what actually happens when the movie actually is theaters. So far, people are saying it's not as bad as you think it's going to be. Yeah. Which, but for a summer movie, means it's going to be decent. I don't expect a whole lot. I expect like a fun little uh, popcorn-y kind of flavor. Do I see dinosaurs? Do I see Jeff Goldblum? Yeah. Yep. Do I see Chris Pratt's Hurtless? It's going to check those if boxes. If it hits those boxes, I'm fine. <laughs> so you'll be fine. Uh, but that is your new release. Everything else got out of the way. So that is the one thing this weekend. So yes. uh, that'll be your number one. Yep. Easily. That'll be your number one. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it was Pixar hits yeah. half. That's 90. And we know how well Jurassic World 1 did. Uh, this will do maybe better. This, well, no, it won't. It, Jurassic World was like all, near 200 million opening. You don't think it's going to hit that high? No, it's actually pacing at right around 120. Interesting. Okay. It'll still be your number one movie, so look yeah. forward to that next week. As for movies, let's roll right into... Uh, well, I guess before we do so... Uh, did you see anything since I, you didn't see Incredibles? I did end up seeing Tag. All right, so you saw Jeremy Renner's fake arms Yeah, and Tag. More like fake body. Uh. Um, it seemed like they CGI'd his... Well, he was like in men black most of the time, so it looked like they CGI'd his face over a stuntman. Sure. Instead of just CGI'ing his, his entire arms. Because he's a lot of... Like, from what it looks like, it's a, it's a it would be a, too much to CGI. Holding stuff, moving stuff around, right? Hitting people, yeah. But it looks Doing like rather, like it looks do. like rather they um, basically just went from the neck up headline shot okay. and put that over uh, someone else's uh, body. Okay. But as for the actual movie, um, it's Hangover esque, but never hits those highs of Hangover. Wait. Wait, were we still talking about Tag? Yeah, actually. What the hell? I thought Tag was an action movie. Nah, it's, it's more about friendship Weird. than anything else. Okay. Because uh, it's based off a New York article, uh, which actually is how it starts uh, with one of the friends being interviewed and then tagging the reporter tagging along mm. uh, to, this, to get the story <laughs> on this tag game that's been okay. going. Got it. Uh, so it's fine. It's definitely a friends film, friend friend like film. Oh, uh, it's, I don't know Matthew Perry was in it. I knew you were gonna go there. So <laughs> I just to clarify. Uh, but yeah, yeah Schwimmer. Yeah, much like The Hangover, where it was about the friends uh-huh. and the bonds they make. This is that. This is pretty much that, but centered around tag. But it's also around a wedding, uh, Jeremy Renner's wedding. Uh, 
it kind of hits you in the little feels a little bit at the end, but it's a fine film. Nothing to write home about to say like this is go see it, but nothing to where you're gonna be like I felt like I was cheated. Yeah, it's fine. Definitely, this is a stream it. Uh, we're gonna put this on the scale. It's a stream it. It's a comedy. Okay. Put it on. You'll enjoy it. It's but it's not fun. something you need to rush out. And see. It's not a rush out. Go see okay. it. It's not the big summer comedy that it wants to be. Uh huh. Our R-rated uh, comedy. I mean, it's very telling that I didn't even know it was a comedy. Yeah. You have in the name tagging of Jeremy Renner, and I assumed it was an action film. But Jeremy Renner got the focus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he John, did it. John Hamm, Ed Helms, and... Uh, yeah, I don't think I've seen a single ad for this. Just J- Johnson. Justin, not Dustin Johnson. Um, John, Johnson Johnson. Johnson and Johnson? The, 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 um, the new girl guy. The guy who's in this film. Oh, d- d- uh, Jake Johnson. J- J- Jacob. Jake Johnson? Jake Johnson. Yeah, Jake Johnson. Yeah, he's in that. So, it's a comedy. Uh, it's fine, yeah. It, nothing, like I said, nothing to write home about, but it's fine. It's a fine yeah. film. You're not going to hate it. If you do, there's it's, there's other comedies out there. So, stream it. All right, stream cool. It for, stream it for the safe side. Uh, so, that's tag. Uh, so, anything else before we move on to news? Um, box office news? No. No, like news news. Oh, well, no, we have actual news to yeah, get no, to. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Anything else before I move on to news? No. Okay, thank you. <laughs> oh, I will be seeing uh, Jurassic uh, World okay. on Tuesday. So, yeah, we'll that's probably talk night. about Jurassic World, hopefully talk about some Incredibles for you guys. Yeah. Um, there's a, I'm going to see a movie on Saturday... It was originally going to be solo, but maybe we'll pull an audible. Maybe we'll see Incredibles, Incredibles. instead. It's uh, a family film. But we'll see. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens. All right, moving, moving on. on to movie news. And our first story is something that I didn't actually know that's uh, pretty fascinating. Uh, there's been a lot of stories through the history of film of directors who have basically killed themselves or gotten close to it to make a movie happen, their dream project. There's been plenty of examples in the history of cinema of this, and one of the more long, lengthy attempts has been Terry Gilliam's journey of 25 years to try to make a movie about Don Quixote. The film, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, was finally able to be screened at Cannes this year. Yeah, like a couple, like a month ago. So, well, it may have been premature. Don't get excited as he no longer has the rights to that film. So here's what happened. The Paris Court of Appeals ruled that ex-producer Paolo Branco of Alfama, so I guess a production studio, yeah. is the proper owner of the film, not Gilliam. Branco, Branco, I don't even remember how I pronounced it, claims that a contract he wrote up with Gilliam is still valid. In the contract, Gilliam exchanges the rights to the man who killed Don Quixote for the promise of funding for the production. However, Gilliam claims that funding never came and he went out to seek a separate financier. And in turn, was able to finally produce the film himself. So basically saying, it's like, oh no, I, I went out and did it did it on my own. This is still my movie. Mm-hmm. This producer's like, that's not what this contract you wrote says. Yep. I signed this. This is this is legal binding. This is our, our movie and thus I basically take claim of it and because that contract uh predates all the other contracts he made with other studios in order to finance it this one won out 
uh, in terms of the court. It's not a fun thing to talk about, but it is part of the whole legal aspect of movies because, as we said time and time again, it's a business. It is definitely a business. It's definitely a business. It sucks because this is his passion project. In fact, I was just listening to a podcast where they mentioned this briefly, and one of the people on the podcast was like, wait a minute, that still hasn't happened. That's right. Like, he still hasn't made this movie. Oh, no, he made it. Um, Well, you know what I mean. I don't know. He hasn't put it out. Oh, he put it out. Never mind. <laughs> Anyways, it hasn't been released theatrically wide. Yes, uh, he was actually at Cannes after the screening, Cannes. trying to shop it around to get domestic and international uh, distribution. And yet this happened. And yet this happened. So we'll be uh, keeping an eye, at least one eye open on this story to let you know what happens with this, but it does not look great for Terry Gilliam. No, it does not. Moving on, our next story has to do with a place where you will where you see movies, uh, and maybe someday we'll see this Don Quixote movie and AMC Theater. AMC Theaters will be putting their their own version of a movie pass to compete with movie pass called A-List on June 26th. So it's, what it's, is it's A-List. A-List? It, it will want it's a list. Well, it's also A-List. It will allow patrons to see up to three movies every week with no restrictions on format. That includes Dolby, IMAX, 3D, Prime, D-Box, etc. All of which MoviePass does not cover. You can also reserve seats on their website or app and enjoy all the same perks as their AMC Stubbs Premier member uh, existing sp- uh, subscription offers. All this can be yours for $19.95 a month. Whew, boy, With a minimum three-month commitment or a price lock for 12 months a whole year. Seeing films will not hinder the amount of points you earn via their regular-ass Stubbs Benefits program, which you might already have. Yeah. So what do you think about this? So this is... So we knew this was coming. AMC yeah. was definitely going to put out a MoviePass-esque yeah. They didn't want to play ball with MoviePass, so they wanted to do their own thing. Right. Even though you can still use your MoviePass at mm-hmm. AMC Theaters. I do it all the time. Oh, right over here. Yes. Sorry, it's over there. Yes, wherever it may be. Yes. Um, but this... Is limiting though, but it's also expanding. Yeah. So, personally, I don't see more than three movies a week, and no. I use that piece of that thing. Yeah. So when I went to go try and see Incredibles, turns out Incredibles was the only film I could see at the theater. Yeah. Because I literally saw everything else that was playing. <laughs> Hashtag movie pass problems. Hashtag movie pass. <laughs> Hashtag first world problems. Right. All of the above. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it sounds like for most people. This seems like overkill. It definitely is overkill, yeah. but it does allow you to, one, see premium movies, premium uh, formats of Dolby and, other, and IMAX if it offers it. Two, you can reserve your seat in advance, whereas with MoviePass, you have to be at the theater to do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And some theaters don't allow you to uh, reserve seating. Well, they do, but you have to like and physically the ability, be there. And the ability to at least be able to go to like an IMAX thing or Dolby thing is kind of nice. Yes. Currently, if you use your movie pass at an AMC theater, it will actually max you out at $16. Right. And basically say like, hey, you need to use another card to cover this. It's, yeah, it's, well, you need to pay more. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Please, please, please finish your transaction. It's, yeah, it's like, it's almost so weird that they went all the way with this thing. Like, there's no like... 
two versions of this, which is what I thought they were going to do. Yes. Like maybe a movie pass equivalent where it's like a movie a week. And then this for like high end users. Right. But this is still double what what movie pass is. Exactly. Which at twenty dollars. Whereas movie pass is well, at ten bucks. Uh, uh, well, was, was right? Isn't it higher now? I don't think so. I think you still. Look I at heard the they were raising level. the price. And they maybe I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I heard that. I don't know. Uh, well, we'll see but, what yeah. happens with this. Uh, we'll see if AMC uh, benefits from this. If if this is something that people actually want. If you already go to AMC theaters and that is your primary theater, then maybe then this would make sense. However, the freedom that MoviePass has to use any theater and not limited to just AMC makes yeah. it still the better offer, even if you don't not able to see yeah. the premium format. Seems like for the vast majority of people, this is not going to be appealing. Right. But hey, AMC is going to AMC. Yeah. We'll see what happens. If you're AMC. You're going to AMC. You're going to AMC. That's what you do. Moving on. Our next story... Is about music. Is about music uh, in the movie section, I know. Uh, we're throwing things all all, all over the place. Oh, they're going to be right confused now. by the next one I have. <laughs> Great. So, first up... Uh, so, this uh, this story is about a composer, um, Pinar Toprak. Now, if you've heard this name before... You might be familiar with the Turkish-American composer as she has worked in the past on Sci-Fi's Krypton as well as the video game Fortnite and last year's Justice League where she contributed additional music to the film. Well, she's now joining the MCU as she will score Captain Marvel, the upcoming Marvel film with... Um, Brie Larson. Uh, Academy Award winner Brie Larson. Yes. So, she has won, if you're curious about her, her past... Has won two international awards, uh, one for the Light Keepers in 2010 and for the documentary The Wind Gods in 2011. She's also worked under composer Hans Zimmer's own music composition company, Remote Control Productions. So have you heard any of her music before? No, but I've heard of Hans Zimmer before. And he doesn't allow anyone to be a yeah. part of his... Or sorry, anyone. He doesn't allow just anyone mm-hmm. to be a part of his company. So you're basically like, oh man, if they're tight. Then. Like, this has the Hans Zimmer stamp of approval... And you already have international awards. Um, I'm like all for it. Uh, yeah. She will also be the first female composer in the MCU. Hey, thumbs up. Yep. Um, thumbs I up like. There. I like that kind of diversity. That sounds like a good deal. It yes. Sounds like she's uh, worked on a lot of cool stuff before. So yeah, no brainer. Uh, also, uh, just a reminder that Captain Marvel will in fact be set in the '90s. So interesting yeah. tones as to what yeah. she can uh, play with. That'd be cool. Yep. Alright, speaking of MCU and Disney, their corporate overlords, we have an update on our story that we've been tracking. Traditionally, we've been tracking this in the television segment of the podcast, but hey, why not just do this early because there's uh, some important updates to discuss. Yeah. What I'm talking about, of course, is the Disney buyout deal for the Fox Entertainment package that we've been tracking for a while. Last week, we had told you that Comcast had put in their bid. A cash offer that was higher than what Disney was going to uh, to offer. This put Disney with the ball in their court. Basically like, hey, put up or shut up. If you want us, put more money on the table. Well, they've done just that. They have made a new offer of $71.3 billion in cash and stock following last week's bid from Com- Comcast for $65 billion in all cash. 
Disney will also assume about $13.8 billion of Fox's net debt, which, you know, was going to happen regardless if they bought them. But this kind of sweetens the pot because this boosts the total transaction value to Fox to approximately $85.1 billion, which is a that's, lot of crazy money. But that's still not near Jeff Bezos' money. No, it's not. <laughs> this is just insane. I know. So Bob Iger added that his studio was already six months into dealing with regulators, which represented a, quote, meaningful head start. Basically saying, hey, we got your, we got your back. Uh, legally with the government, yes. Whereas we can't guarantee Comcast. As, as we reported last last mm-hmm. week, uh, Comcast backed out of the uh, the Fox deal in yeah. December because they felt like they couldn't get the regulations passed. Right. Disney has since, I guess, assuming beginning of the year, worked with the FCC to get these regulations passed that they can acquire them somehow yeah. in you know traditional backdoor dealing. <laughs> yes. Uh, Disney has a history of that. So, yeah. Um, we still are uh, rapidly approaching the July 10th deadline where Disney's, go- or sorry, Fox is going to have to make a decision about which corporate parent it goes into. Yes. So, uh, to the loving arms of the corporate parent. Yes. Um, and right now, Disney has made this sweet offer of yeah. we will absolve all your debt instead of nice. giving you money to absolve it yourself. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll, of course, keep an eye and keep you updated yes. on this story. And yes. that will do it Yep. Uh, when for that, television news. Yeah, when that story, news. yeah, when that story uh, got mentioned, yeah. Fox's stock actually went up a bit. Yeah. So it was like, I'm like, hey, whatever you do, you're getting money. Yeah. It's going to be lucrative. Yep. Okay, let's move on to television. And we always start television with sports. So sports have slowed down a little bit. Uh, we ha- kind of had the end of basketball and hockey. Baseball's kind of just coasting right now, and we're still months away from football. But another kind of football is happening. The World Cup started. Woo! I'm kind of skipping around because I feel like this is the, should be the lead story. You don't even have it. Uh, no, I think I'm down here. Oh, okay. it, um, it got mixed up. It got mixed up. Yeah. But yeah, I decided to mention it now uh, because it's probably the biggest thing in sports right now. Yeah. Um, it's tournament play right yes. now. Uh, eight seeds of four teams are vying for two spots each into the World Cup seedings uh, brackets in order to win. Um, it's playing throughout Russia. Um, the Russia actually started kicked off the games last mm-hmm. Thursday and got off to a five goal win. Damn. In their second game, they scored another three goals. Oh, uh, Russia is looking like the team to beat right now. Yeah. But Ronaldo, yes, Mr. Ronaldo, Mr. Football. Mis- oh, sorry, Mr. Football is his father. Was his father? Yes. <laughs> the new Mr. Football, um, Ronaldo, already has three goals on one game. That's right, a hat trick in the World Cup has already has happened. Um, it's exciting. World Cup is great. Uh, fortunately for us, because we're on the West Coast here, all the games are played in the morning. 5 a.m., 8 a.m., and 11 a.m. Mm. Uh, but they are definitely exciting. They're definitely hard-fought games. And if you have any chance to check it out, definitely do. Um, Mexico beat Germany. Germany's the favorite. Mexico won. 1-0. So there's a lot of good stuff happening right now. Definitely yep. 
Uh, tune into Fox Sports but for if you like Cup. soccer. We're probably just preaching to the choir here. Yeah, You're already watching all of it. All right. In other sports, though, the NBA draft will occur on Thursday. That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. With the Phoenix Suns having the first pick. Uh, are there any um, notable things out of this draft that you think is going to happen? Any any balls? Any balls going to be drafted? I don't think we're, we're balls. Not, we're, we're not. We're, we haven't run out of balls yet. I, I think the other ball is not <laughs> eligible yet. Okay. Because you can no longer go from directly from, directly high, from school. high school. You have to at least spend one year in college. I don't know anything about like people who aren't already professional basketball players. So I don't know if you do. Um, names. The D League already happened. That was uh, the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Mark right. Yeah. Anybody from there? Uh, not that I can remember. Okay. I don't pay attention that much because yeah. uh, basketball. Yes. basketball. Well, that's right. You were on a... I'm um, on a basketball hiatus. basketball band. Yes. So, yeah, I guess you wouldn't know. Uh, I wouldn't know. I'm not caring. But, but hey, hey, if you care, it's happening. Yep. Uh, then lastly, uh, one month until the MLB Ars... Oh, wow, I cannot speak. One month until the MLB All-Star Game happens in Washington, D.C. And guess what? Fans vote on that one, so go uh, to the baseball website and submit your votes now. Yes, you can also go to your local MLB team. They'll have uh, booths set up where you can vote. Uh, it is the last month, so every vote does count. So you're just hammering on that trout button? Trout, 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 Unfortunately, Otani is injured, so he can't do it. I was going to say I heard about that, so that's why I didn't say Otani. Yes. that's who we really want. Yeah. He may get a vote because he is like one of the best pitchers the in the game right media now. Media Vote Podcast is the, uh, the the comfortable podcast that Otani chooses. <laughs> <laughs> Translate that into Japanese. Uh, and, and then spread the word. Like th- three people probably got that joke. And two of them are in this room. Yep. Uh, link to the chat, but hello, football's coming. Oh, I'm so glad that she's listening. That means she heard that joke. Yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, Tyler is out on the golf course, and my ah. brother listens to us. I'm not sure my brother, he oh, listens I didn't to know us. That. Yeah. In fact. Alright, uh, so then that ends the sports talk. Sorry, Kristen. Um, that's it for sports. Let's move into regular yeah, ass television news. First up in television, yep, we have to talk about it. Unfortunately, I tried not to, but it uh, is important television news this week. Yes. Uh, if you are a fan of watching shows where people talk about other shows, you may have heard that one such host of a program like that, Chris Hardwick, has fallen to allegations of controlling behavior and sexual assault from his ex-girlfriend, Chloe Dykstra, during their romantic relationship that ended four years ago. So the fallout from this has been that AMC has first pulled talking with Chris Hardwick, the mm-hmm. television show he hosts, from its schedule while it accuses, while it assesses, assesses his accusations. He has also been withdrawn as a moderator on AMC, with, um, and also from BBC America's planned Comic-Con 2018 panels that were scheduled to occur next month. NBC will also assess his ties to Hardwick, who is expected to begin shooting the third season of his show, the game show The Wall, produced by LeBron James. His name has also been scrubbed from the Nerdist website, which, of course, is the podcast empire that he founded back in 2012, and where he's most famous from. Yeah. So, yeah, this stuff is just another example of, like, man, come on. Uh, first of all, be better in these relationships with, with people. Uh, believe the women when they come out with their stories, and, like, holy crap! 
he was kind of terrible this whole time, and who knew? Uh, I remember back, um, did you ever watch on uh, G4, they had Web Soup? Yes. Which was the internet version of Web Soup. That was my first Chris Hardwick experience. That is also my first Chris yeah, Hardwick experience. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with him. Apparently he's been hosting stuff since like 1996. Yeah, he's Somebody... been a round comedian for a long time. Yeah, I think I was talking to uh, my friend about it, and she was like, oh yeah, no, he's, he, was ro- he was hosting stuff on MTV back in the 90s. I was really? Like, Seriously? I mean, huh. yeah, apparently he's like 40-something. He's like... Way older OG, than I love the wall. <laughs> the wall is fun, but yes. anybody could freaking host the wall, though. Yes. They'll find a replacement for Chris Hardwick. Get LeBron James. There was a Twitter joke that I really enjoyed that was basically like, oh man, uh, we're, we're go- what a huge loss of Chris Hardwick. How else, how are we going to find somebody who can talk about, watch a show and talk about it afterwards? <laughs> So yeah, uh, good riddance, uh, Chris Hardwick. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah, well, like I said, um, we don't know what happened. Both NBC and uh, AMC yeah. will be looking into it to determine the next steps. I'm I, choosing to believe Chloe here. Uh, he probably is actually a scumbag. Probably, but <laughs> do you think, like, from everything that I heard, from everything that's happened to him, I think the biggest blow is the scrub from Nerdist. Yeah, I mean, it's his empire. He built that thing. He was the head of that thing. I mean, he started a lot of other people's careers through that thing. And now it puts all those people kind of in that that position where they either speak against him or remain silent, which is basically implicating. So it's like, it sucks to be a member of the Nerdist family right now. And You're I hope right. that company figures out how they're going to proceed from here. Without him. Now, you don't think it's too extreme? Uh, I, no. No, not at all, actually. <laughs> if, like, I think that it's the, it's the same reaction to something like this. But, you're welcome to not agree. I'm, I'm going to not agree. <laughs> I'm going to agree with, with the whole A and C and shows and everything. Yeah. Because that's a representative of the yeah, brand. company but that he company basically that he, runs. Yeah, that uh, he founded. I mean, there's other people there. I mean, you can't be the person who's still doing day to day operations. No, no. So I don't, I don't know whether it matters as much as you think it does. Maybe. I think really it's just his name that's being tarnished here. The company, I think, will find a way. Right, because he doesn't run the company right, like yeah. the day to day operations. There's so many people that now have basically taken uh, that that concept and run with it over there that I think it'll be. Yeah. Alright, let's move on. Our next story has to do with another uh, kind of story about abuse, but this time of the internet variety. Uh, the Stranger Things actress Millie Bobby Brown is yet another example of people who just have taken way too much on social media this uh, is, and uh, thus deleted their accounts. This is Eleven. For yes. Right, so yes, uh, she has deleted her Twitter account after various users posted memes depicting her as a violent homophobe. The meme takes pictures of the actress and adds homophobic statements and slurs. Uh, I want to note here, this isn't based on anything that Millie Bobby Brown ever did. No. This is basically them just juxtaposing her image onto stuff that she would never do or say. Yeah, because she is actually a part of GLAD. Right, yeah, no, and it's been a LGBT ally, and uh, yeah, this is just basically internet jerks taking advantage of someone's image. Mm -hmm. Um, The memes, uh, so yeah, uh, Brown, of course, as you said, is a public supporter and uh, voice support for the Parkland shooting survivors uh, last year during that disaster. 
The reasons behind the meme are unclear, but hey, that's the internet. Uh, but yeah, for the time being, she is removed herself from Twitter. So this is, yeah, like I said, kind of a, another example in a long line of just harassment, like ousting people from social media, which should be their way to talk to their fans. And basically, this is just jerks, trolls on the internet making it difficult for these people to communicate with people who actually are fans of them. It is. This sucks. Yeah. We have to report it, though, because it is news. It's just, come on, people, be better. Yeah, and and Twitter be better, and and Instagram be better, and Facebook be better. It's like there's stuff that the the companies that run these uh, services can do better to kind of fight against this kind of harassment. They're just, you know, they always say, it's like, oh, our hands are tied. There's only so much we can do. No, they, they can do more. So, uh, yeah, here's hoping that this that this gets fixed as so this isn't happening. Yeah, but if they do too much, then they'll lose people. It's yeah, the it's... fine balance that, like we said, companies, actual companies have to Corporations! Deal with corporations. Love them or leave them. All right. All right. Let's, let's move let's... on from, instead of a business uh, man, a businessman. <laughs> Jerry Springer. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you, Jay-Z. Yeah, I know. It was like a reverse Jay-Z. It was a Ziage. Ziage. Uh so yeah, Jerry Springer. He's a businessman, but uh his show may or may not continue. The future of the Jerry Springer show is currently in limbo as no new episodes have been planned for the foreseeable future. Also, is it just me or I did not realize that the Jerry Springer show is still on air? I think it was just you. I figured that he's, he's always on air. Just forever going. Just forever going, not stopping. It's got to be like one of the longest lasting daytime television shows now, right? He's getting there, right? getting there. It, it's certainly beating a lot of uh, soap operas yeah. at this point, I would assume. Uh, but yeah, the staff was informed in April about the show not being picked up for a deal and only being aired in repeats with the option to air new episodes should they be made at some point. The show premiered back in 1991 meaning it's just a year younger than we are, and has aired over 4,000 episodes. That's a lot of Jerry. Yeah, that's a lot of Jerry chants. And that's a lot of, I'm sleeping with your brother, you didn't know. That's a lot of, you are not the father fraternity tests. That's a lot Uh, of, my, uh, I don't know, that's a lot of, my man is sleeping uh, with my mom. Yeah, a lot of those. A lot of all of this. It's a lot of, I have a dirty secret, and I'm about to tell you what it is. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, it's silly. I don't know anybody who actually watches it at this point. Uh, it's. I think Mark and Nicole said that they sometimes put it on the break room of their work. Yeah. And people give them the side eye when they come in. It's um, a fun, <laughs> it's daytime talk show. It's silly. But it's funny how, like, he basically launched that kind of style. It was not the first of its kind, but it was definitely popularized a very specific version of it. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it kind of did have imitators. Yeah, I think the only other running one is the Steve Wilkos and Maury. Yeah, Maury. Maury, it doesn't... I don't think it's on anymore, but Maury was kind of the same thing for a while. Yeah, I think those are the only two that are still on... Like actually making new episodes, but everyone else, like all the other imitators, have come and gone. Yeah. Oh, I just realized they're not they're not the father thing. That is a more that is more not a Jerry Springer thing. I was conflating. Uh, Jerry's more. Hey, we're gonna fight. Yeah, we're, that was yeah. That's the fighting one. And yeah. All yeah. right. Anyways, let's move on. So, uh, uh, this is our another update on a recurring story here on the podcast. 
This one is an update about that Sinclair Broadcast Group's massive takeover of Tribune Media. Remember that? Yes, this is going through the FCC. So yeah, the FCC are planning on sneaking in a vote to change limits on how many television stations a single company can own. Convenient timing for that Sinclair Broadcast Group takeover. It is currently scheduled for July 12th in order to get ahead of the U.S. Court of Appeals ruling about that Sinclair buyout. Under the current law, so here's basically how so it works. How it works today. The cap is at 39% of all households. So basically, that is the limit uh, yes. right now. If your Roughly company one th- owns one third. about one third of the networks that a, uh, a any individual household sees, that, that is the cap. That is the uppermost cap. The, and, and note that this isn't like in a region. This is, yeah, this is just in the U.S. Yeah, in the U.S. So... What they want to rise it, raise it to is 72%, which is what Sinclair stands to gain if the $6.6 billion acquisition goes through. So if those regulations change, you could have the vast majority at that point of networks in, in a single household being owned by a company. Seven out of ten households get their news, yeah. from, get their news from Sinclair. That's insane. That's basically state-run media at that point. Like that's like one one news for most households, which is scary. Uh, it lessens competition. Uh, it you know it, it increases the bias. We've talked before about how the Sinclair Group they lean a certain way, and it's been proven that the programming that they kind of they they kind of ship yep yeah, just like that lean like that. Uh, and so yeah, it would be that. Times seven. <laughs> and uh, it's a scary thought. Yeah. It's something that is most likely going to happen. Ugh, yeah. Seeing as the SEC just, just opened the floodgates. For, yeah, yeah. for the internet, they're, they're very high on deregulation, but yeah. they're also under a lot of scrutiny right now because of this. <sighs> so we'll see. Yeah. We will see we'll what see. happens. All right. Yeah, that's one of our other recurring stories. So that'll do it for television news. Let's move into renewals and cancellations. Uh, see, do we watch anything new? So, um, uh, I mean, I'm watching a television series, but it's not new. No. Um, but I'm, I guess I can bring it up. Yeah, you can bring it up. I've been watch. I've been watching uh, the CW's hit Riverdale. Uh, it's not currently airing. It's kind of in between seasons right now. The third season, I guess, is coming later this year. Probably will premiere in the fall. Uh, two seasons are up on Netflix, if you're so inclined. It is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. Like, why is this a show? It is... Somebody thought, like, okay, so let's take the Archie Comics characters. Let's put them in a teen drama. But then let's throw in murder mystery stuff. And that is what the show is. So the Pretty they, Little Liars? So yeah, it's kind of that kind of vibe where it's like te- they're teens in the show and they're doing teen stuff. They don't look like teens. I know, they're really in, 20, in their 20s and it's very clear that they're in their 20s, but you know what I mean. Like, high schoolers, in quotes. Oh, yeah, definitely put quotes around that. And high schoolers of archetypes that you're very familiar with if you, you know, are familiar at least with some of the Archie Comics characters. You know, Archie is kind of the preppy, he's the football player, he's the everyday next-door guy. Then there's the two girls, Betty and Veronica. Betty is the nice blonde. Veronica's the, you know, the, 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 the bad girl brunette. 
and like Jughead, the weird, the weirdo, the outsider. And so it's like these very stock characters, and basically let's throw them into like yeah, like a Pretty Little Liars or like a uh, a One Tree Hill, where like but let's lean really high and hard into the what if there's a drama about a murder in the town, and what if the town isn't what well this nice town that like we think it was and all this stuff basically taking the archie stuff and basically turning it upside down saying like oh this has really got a seedy underbelly to it so it's uh interesting that you're seeing the underbelly. yes <laughs> it's interesting because it does kind of it's the the writers know exactly the kind of show that they're writing and so they're completely 100 percent earnest so it, there's no, like, winking and nod, like, oh, no, they know they're ridiculous, but they're going to lean in and make it as serious as possible, which makes it even more ridiculous. <laughs> like, there's, like, the way it's shot plays into that. Like, you saw, like, there's a bit in there where they're having a town hall meeting in a room that, see, an auditorium that seems to have no windows, and yet you can see the, the lightning flash <laughs> on the character's eyes. It's that kind of, like, production. It's over-the-top, very on purpose, and all the dialogue is ridiculous, and the characters are crazy, and yet it's set up in a way where it's convincing enough where you become invested in it. And you're invested in it. It shouldn't work. None of it should work. It sounds ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It sounds like dumb on the dumb scale. It's so dumb on the dumb scale that it wraps back around to being amazing. (laughs) No. That's where I'm at with it right now. Is it seems insane that it exists. So kudos to the CW for putting money towards a thing that just should not exist in this this universe. But yeah, so I'll, I'll continue watching that. I'm in season two right now. I finished season one in two days. It was only 13 episodes. It was, it was yeah, but they're an hour long each. <laughs> yeah, I know. 45 minutes on Netflix. Uh, but yeah, so I'll report back when I finish that. Probably in a week or two. Alright. Well, while we're on shows that are yeah. currently airing, I, I went back and started rewatching Brooklyn Nine-Nine from the beginning. Okay. Because uh, it's on Hulu. Yeah. And Hulu's been yelling at me to watch it because it's like, shows you'll like. Yeah. Nine Nine. Like, it's like, well, yeah, I do. Yeah, I know, I do. I've seen it all. I don't need to watch it again. So I started, so I went back and I watched the pilot. Yeah. That's a pilot ass pilot. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be, though. But by the third episode, it found its footing so, so quickly, well, yeah. so quickly, that literally from the third episode on, it just rolls. And it's nice that it hasn't changed. So it's not like you can see stylish shifts yeah. or tone shifts or writing shifts, but it all still flows and it all still works. And I can see very easily now what makes that show good and the kind of little nuances that they changed from the pilot just in three episodes to make it a very much enjoyable and lovable show. Yeah. Uh, the main one being the one they switched to, they switched all the callbacks. They got rid of callbacks from the same episode from mm-hmm. like a detective show. And they two, didn't need it, yeah. They didn't need it. And two, uh, any callbacks that they do have, they add that like breaker breaker uh-huh. sound effect before so they you do know. it. Yeah. So you know, hey, this is going to be right. a, a callback or a reference. So like, we're showing you this. The back. flashback thing, yeah. Yeah. It's a nice thing that works there and kudos to whoever uh, created that. Yeah. That aspect. 
Right, cool. Uh, and lastly, lastly, last, yes, a new show. Okay. But it's actually a just a repackaging of an old show. Okay. I uh, started watching uh, Gordon Ramsay's Twenty Four Hour. <laughs> it's the restaurant makeover show. It's Kitchen Nightmares. Yeah, it is. Okay. It's Kitchen Nightmares yeah. on speed. <laughs> Basically, they wanted to make a special out of Kitchen Nightmares. Basically, Gordon like. Ramsay didn't want to help these restaurants any more than he had to. Yeah. So they put a tire. So it's like, okay. What if you just do a day, we'll shoot it, everything in a month, mm-hmm. and you will, don't have to worry about anything else after out of that. It's like, perfect. So that's basically what it is. It's Kitchen Nightmares. You're still getting the terrible uh, restaurant owners, the terrible wait staff, the, ki- the cooks who can't cook, and the, the kitchens that are a mess. Mm-hmm. But All of the above. Everything that, but it's everything that you want out of the Kitchen Nightmares anyways. Yeah. Where you have Gordon Ramsay yelling at these dumb and hopeless, <laughs> should not be but are restaurant owners. <laughs> and it's, everything's just sped up. Uh, it's fine. If you, I think this thing is going to basically replace Kitchen Nightmares. No. It's a different thing. I, I, I don't see Kitchen Nightmares returning if they have this. Oh, okay. I mean, I think, like, there's probably, like, different times a year thing, where it's like, oh, let's put this out. Yeah, like, it's summer. Chicken, chi- like, it's chicken, a, chicken nightmares. I know. How do you call it chicken nightmares? I, I have the same problem, but... <laughs> that's a very different show. It is. I'm having chicken nightmares. That's a, that's a Tyson show. <laughs> it's a Tyson show. They should do... That should be a campaign. That's a 50 Tyson show. That should be a campaign where it's, like... The, the chicken guy should be on Chicken Nightmares. Anyways, <laughs> all right. Anyways, so let's yeah, move on. Yeah, it's it's a fine show. It's worth watching if you like Gordon Ramsay and I do. Yeah. It's also <laughs> I can see why Fox put this thing on in the summer when nothing else is on, because yep. it fills an hour on. easily fills one hour of television. Okay, uh, let's finally then actually move on to cancellations and renewals. Yes. So first up. First on the chopping block, canceled after one season, The Opposition with Jordan Klepper. But... But there's a caveat. Here's an asterisk. Yes. Don't worry. I guess they've fi- figured that the uh, the Alex Jones Infowars thing only gave them so much material to work with. So it's just that version of the show that is canceled. Jordan Klepper will be getting a new weekly series in early 2019, probably with a different concept. Yeah, I don't know. I like that concept, though. Yeah, but there's only so much you can do with it. And right. It sounded like from the clips that I heard is that they weren't... It was basically a really loose premise. They don't need the, the Infowarsy stuff to give, basically, Alex Klepper... Uh, or Jordan Klepper a show. Alex Klepper. I com- <laughs> com- conflated the two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, and so, like, they could pretty much just change the... Basically do the same show and just change the premise. Yeah. It's not hard. It's, I, I like the show, personally. It's, uh, it's, it's a it's a it's a good show. I like Jordan Clapper. It's well a enough. fun. Yeah, it's probably I might like him at this point better than uh, Trevor Noah. Really? I don't know. Trevor Noah is just eh. he's. He, I have had a hard time getting into his version of the Daily Show. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Doesn't click for me. I don't know. I, I like him. I yeah. they run back to back. Right. Or yeah, they run back to back. It's a fine show. I I like it. But they really really wanted it to be. Uh, a, a new version of the Colbert Report. Which is what, what well, uh, in an interview, he said that he didn't want that, yeah. but he saw what was 
basically the Alex Jones right the Infowars Infowars stuff. stuff. I like, figured let's that, do that. Let's do yeah. But like I said, on the clips though that I've heard, those like they don't lean that really hard into it. It's a very very loose thing. Yeah. Like wrapping around basically just a show where Jordan Klepper talks about stuff. Like they don't need it. They don't well, need that premise. It's, it's all the, it's all it takes clips strictly from Fox News right, and right, right. runs with that. You can do that without having that yeah. wrapper. Anyways, uh, we talked that to death. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so look forward to uh, Jordan Klepper getting just a new thing that will probably be the same thing. <laughs> yep. All right, uh, moving on. A show that was canceled is now getting revived. So we reported how Fox had canceled the drama Lucifer, you know, the one with the devil, after yes. three seasons. Well, guess what? Internet didn't like that. The internet went crazy and the internet responded in the form of Netflix saying that they'll bring it back for a fourth season. So if you're a fan of Lucifer, I mean the Fox show, <laughs> but also if you're a fan of Lucifer, uh, you may be happy with his, uh, 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 with his portrayal on the show Lucifer uh, that will air in its fourth season on Netflix. Yeah. So there you go. Internet like, seems to like that show, so yeah. Yeah. That's it for television cancellations. Uh, next up, we have deaths. A couple of you talk about real briefly here. Matt Murphy, age 88, who was a guitarist in the Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Uh, the, the other one, I'm going to be real brief here because we don't really need to talk about this guy. Uh, 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 t- in, uh, this year, a, a Billboard number one song artist this year. An album? I think he had a number one album. I think it was album. End of last year or something. Yeah. Uh, XXX Tentation, who uh, you have written uh, uh, written down on this form as XXX Tentacoin. Is that not what it is? It's Tentation. Oh. Yeah, it's not t- Tentacoin. Tentacoin is way better, though, <laughs> and about the amount of respect that that guy should get. Uh, but yes, yeah, so oh. he, uh, he was shot, um, uh, died at age 20, uh, but it's mostly known for uh, kind of being kind of a terrible person. Uh, saying some awful stuff on the internet and abusing his girlfriend, and yeah, just kind of kind of scummy scummy guy. Oh, so if I didn't yeah. make uh, actual news about him, right. uh, for music, then that's fine. Yeah, that's absolutely fine because I just I basically just told you what happened. Oh, okay, um, so don't worry about it. Uh, but yeah, he was most notable for having a number one album, uh, I guess, into last year or earlier this year, and he was on some sort of list about hottest rappers in one of the rap magazines and yeah, that was like that's a, like, briefly read uh, like that's the, the whole thing uh, really not news. that much to, to be excited about yeah I briefly read the news op-ed that they put yeah. out for this I was like yeah this should be news but yet I don't care about he it he was also related to that Spotify story that we were talking about he's also kind of responsible in a roundabout way for Spotify rescinding their content policy Okay. If you recall, when we were talking about the content policy where they pulled a bunch of artists, right. he was one of them. And his agent was the one who basically sent that email about, oh, well, if you're going to pull our client, here's all these other people you should pull. He, that was all part of that story. Oh. So, yeah, uh, kind of part, at least his people are partly responsible for Spotify getting rid of those briefly, in state, briefly stated rules. So, yeah. He's kind of important by default for this new story, the grander story about Default music. Default by association. Yeah. 
right, let's move All on, right. though. Let's go to Billboard. We're going to talk about Billboard this week let's in the talk charts. About, yeah, speaking XXX of music. Temptation is not involved. Speaking of music. Number one, though, on the singles chart, your Hot 100, again, is Nice for What by Drake, moving back up to number one. Number two, Psycho Post Malone featuring Ty Dolla Sign. Number three, I Like It by Cardi B, Bad Bunny, and J Balvin. That's Number a f- mouthful. I know. It's a, bo- a lot of boos. Boos sounds. Number four is God's Plan by Drake. And number five, Girls Like You by Maroon 5 featuring Cardi B. So Cardi B is still pulling double duty in the in the Hot 100 chart. Your 200, your number one album debuting at number one is the new Dave Matthews Band record. What Come year? tomorrow. What year is it? Yeah, Dave Matthews is a thing? People like rocking the DNB. Uh, I thought that was a joke people made. Nope. I know they actually did that. Somehow. Coming in number two, Kidsy Ghosts with Kidsy Ghosts. Kidsy Ghosts. Following its uh, debut. Didn't quite make number one, uh, but came in at number two. So Kanye, uh, Kanye's got his no- a number two record right after a number one record. Uh, how does Kanye feel that he lost out to Dave Matthews' band? I know, that's <laughs> weird, right? Don't worry, he gets a, it gets a, he gets a second album on this chart, which is second year. Number three, The Mountain by Dirk, Dirk's Bentley. Hey! Number four, Beer Bongs and Bentleys by Post Malone, and... At number five, as I mentioned, Ye by, by the Ye himself, Kanye West. It's funny, Beer Bongs and Bentley is not by Dirks Bentley. Right. There's a lot of Bentley going on <laughs> in this top five this week. That is your Billboard charts. Moving on to... New releases. New releases for Friday. This Friday we have new music from Best Coast with their first kids album, Best Kids. Yes, they made an album for children. Fun fact. Uh, Dawes with passwords Gnod, or maybe Nod, maybe you don't pronounce the G. I think you pronounce the G. With Chapel Perilous, that's a cool name. Jill Barber with Metaphora. Kamazi Washington with Heaven and Earth. Nine Inch Nails with a new album, Bad Witch. Yeah, that Nine Inch Nails. Panic at the Disco, yes, that Panic at the Disco with Pray for the Wicked. And Project Pablo with Come to Canada, You Will Like It. Probably. I, I like that. <laughs> Come to Canada. You will like it. All right, that's your new releases. Moving into music news. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. First up, we have a story about um, a, a drummer who we all know and love. Travis Barker, drummer from, of course, Blink-182. Isn't feeling too hot. He is unfortunately suffering from blood clots and a staph infection in not one but both of his arms. Those money makers, he needs those. Yeah, he kind of uh, uses yeah. those to drop a lot. So the band has thus postponed its ongoing Las Vegas residency that we reported to previously on this podcast. The band promised fans that they would reschedule the dates and provide refunds for those unable to attend. He was last seen in public, uh, Travis Barker was, on May 28th as part of the Drum Bots. That was the official drum line for the Las Vegas Golden Knights. I guess this was part of one of their opening kind of things. Uh, during the opening, yeah, for the first game of the Stanley, Stanley Cup, Cup uh, finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stanley Cup finals. Yeah. Uh, he was part of that drum line. Okay. Well, I uh, hope uh, Travis Barker is on the road to recovery. Yes. Uh, it is to note that this is not drug related. No, no, it's just an infection. Yeah, this yeah, is an infection. Yeah. Yes, people were saying, "Oh, I thought he was off drugs." Like, no, no, he hasn't. Yeah. He's been sober he, for years. Yeah, he's been sober for years. Yeah. This is just unrelated. Uh, what happens when you, you know, you drum a lot? You drum a lot. Moving you drum, on. So he can't drum up business. 
So from a uh, famous drummer to a famous rapper, we have news about Jay Z. So you have a story here about the uh, about their tour. But real quick, before the tour, we should probably talk about the big surprise that Jay Z and Beyonce unleashed upon the world this week. They dropped an album oh, together. Yeah, a collab album uh, between the two of them, uh, credited as the Carters. Right. Uh, fun enough. Uh, but yeah, it hit uh, Tidal uh, for a couple days with exclusivity, and then after that, hit other streaming services. If you have Spotify, though, I want to note, you have to be a premium user, apparently, to access it. Free hmm. users will not have it until the end of the month. Really? But yes, uh, there's new music That's out there by nice. Jay-Z and Beyonce, and uh, video uh, to accompany it, as they now are due, both of them, with their new releases. So yeah, uh, I've heard mixed things, though. Uh, I've heard... I've heard that it, there's some interesting storytelling going on there, but the actual music may not be as great as we wanted it to be. Uh, but, yeah, in response to this, Unfortunate. Um, they have news about their tour. They have thousands of unsold tickets for their UK dates on their On The Run 2 tour. Fans have been reporting being handed freebies or upgrades for nothing. Hundreds of seats remain available for the 66,000 capacity. Uh, venue. I'm guessing you don't have anything at the, at the end there. So far, only nine out of the 46 dates in Europe and North America have been sold out. So, is this because the tickets are super expensive, or do you think that the venues are too big? I think a uh, combination of the venues being too big. Yeah. Uh, two. This is UK. Right. These are UK problems. Maybe not the fans the US. presence there is not as large as it is here. Right. Yeah. And three, this could also be ticket scalpers who mm, buy up tickets maybe. and then aren't able to resell them, so they sell them back, back. in order to uh, retain some profit. So it might be a combination of things. Yeah. But this That's is nothing to be too concerned about. It is no. Jay-Z and Beyonce, after all. They'll, they'll make they'll, they'll make. I, I think they'll manage <laughs> think somehow. They'll manage. Maybe. Maybe. Alrighty. But yeah, it, it's, it's interesting to see uh, the type of music that plays from uh, different audiences. Different, different, different audiences, different countries. Mm-hmm. And last thing to note, uh, Jay-Z is currently working on a biopic. Okay. Uh, I read this real briefly. Because he has uh, acquired the permission from Sony ATV. To use Marvin Gaye songs, huh. and he will be making or he will be producing a Marvin Gaye biopic. Uh, it is notable that he was produced and the inspiration partly behind Straight Outta Compton. Mm-hmm. This will be his second um, endeavor. Yeah, yeah, that he'll be involved in. Huh. Neat. So yeah, look forward to a Marvin Gaye biopic, biopic coming soon cool. from Jay Z. Cool, that's exciting. Right, moving on to another uh, story about some tour or a stage show that may be coming to a city near you sometime in the future. Uh, Likely Broadway first, starring a famous star of music of yesteryear, Michael Jackson. Columbia Live Stage and the Michael Jackson Estate have announced development on a stage show based on his life, speaking of biopics. No title has been announced yet, but it will be directed by Tony Award winner Christopher Wheeldon. Who directed a, I guess, a, um, a, um, uh, uh, those well, are three different, or those are two different, uh, plays. Yeah. No, no, he didn't direct them. He was the choreographer. That's right. I'm sorry, choreographer. Yes. Christopher Wielden. And feature a book by Pulitzer Prize winner Lynn Nottage. 
who I guess wrote plays including Sweat, Ruined, and Mud. Yeah. It's a good one name plays. However, don't expect it soon as it has a premiere date of whew, 2020 at the earliest. Well, none of us are going to see this. None of us are going to be alive in 2020. Right? Yeah, the world ends in 2019. Everybody knows that. Yeah, nuclear war, y'all. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they would <laughs> potentially do. All right, name that name that Broadway show. Uh, uh one white glove. One white glove. Yeah, that's a really good name. <laughs> <laughs> Got it off top of the dome. <laughs> that's a really good name. <laughs> uh, or just to call it Moonwalker. Moonwalker. I know that's already a thing. Yeah. <laughs> just I want I want it to be called Moonwalker, and I want it to be based on, entirely on the arcade game <laughs> Moonwalker. Uh. <laughs> Person bringing up a new number of Spotify to call us. I like one like that. That's actually pretty good. Yep. Um, Not bad. All right. Let's move out of that, of, of the music yeah. news then. And we're wrapping that up. And yeah. let's talk about some music that you listened to. Yes, I did. So you have two records here. Uh, one that I kind of listened to part of it with you. Right. Um, uh, one that I heard a track from. So, uh, first, uh, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's go with the one I listened to first. Mike Shinoda. Okay. And, uh, Dramatic Trauma. Okay, yes, uh, post-traumatic. Post-traumatic. Yeah. Yes. Um, this is not as depressing as I thought it was going to be. Okay. Um, strangely enough, I, from the vibes and the material that was presented on this, uh, one, it is to note that this is his first album. It's a solo, one, it's a solo album. Two, it's basically his thoughts and his production working through the passing of Chester Bennington. Mm-hmm. With that in mind, I was expecting something super downer, super depressing, yeah. something that's like, I'm struggling here, like a cry for help. Sure. But it wasn't. Okay. It was actually a kind of somber tone to it. It was nice. It was hopeful. It was, yes, I'm going through this, but everyone goes through this, uh-huh. and we'll, together, we'll get through it. He wants to unite people around uh, celebrating, like, a life, and, like, yeah, be optimistic about coming together in the future, as opposed to, well, just dwelling on death. Yeah, he, uh, go, he doesn't really dwell mm-hmm. on death or on his pain, essentially, but he does go through his own emotions of dealing with it, whether it's lashing out at other people or whether it's reflecting on the times they had or just kind of moving on with the help of friends. Yeah. Uh, he does um, intertwine several messages he got Throughout, um, throughout the album of people sending not only sending their consultants, but also those, those amounts of support that's around him as well. Okay. Um, a lot of these tones, a lot of the flow and melody I got from this were rem- reminiscent of all the tracks you don't listen to coming off the Park albums. <laughs> More specifically, the latter half of Minutes to Midnight. Uh, I got really eerie tones of those yeah. type of songs. Uh, same thing from the latter half of Hunting Grounds, where he's actually more vocal on that than Chester Bennington has. So yeah, it makes I, I, that was something I almost thought this was going to be, and this kind of proves that it may actually I may have been right. Like, oh, this is going to be the, the, the half of the, that, that Linkin Park fans 
like don't like kind of glaze over because it's not Chester Bennington. Yeah. Like I feel like they're both very equal in like probably the large picture of what that band was, mm-hmm. but because most people gravitated towards the Chester heavy songs, people didn't really think about the Mike Shinoda songs as yeah. much. And this is kind of his opportunity to be like, no, this is the style that I brought to the table. This right. is my half of Linkin Park. Well, because he wrote all the songs. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. And like, he, like, people don't realize that, that yeah. he wrote the songs, he put all the melody, all the beats to it. That's another thing that I actually noticed on this mm-hmm. album, is that there's a lot more melodic tones and beats than guitar riffs and yeah. drum solos, because that was it's his not part. Yeah. a band, it's his own project. Right, and this is, it's a, it's a neat thing, because, like, what, uh, the, when a solo project is good, it makes you think, oh, this reminds me of the things that they put into the band that they're famous for. Mm-hmm. And like the, the most important solo albums are always the ones where you're like, oh, this this reminds me of their... The, it like makes you appreciate their uh, uh, the stuff that they put towards their original band more. Yeah. And well, it sounds like this does that. It is. And cause, because I personally enjoy those other tracks that people yeah. don't necessarily listen to... I enjoyed this album just as much. Okay. It definitely has a feeling towards it. Uh, it did put me in a depressing mood, which I'm glad it didn't. And yeah. I, that w- obviously was not his intention when he made this, uh, which is... it's. I think he... It, it's yeah. methodically made to where it's enjoyable no matter when you're listening That's to That's good. That's good. He probably wanted to put something in in the world right now that was going to bring people together and not just depress people. Yeah. So, definitely check it out. Yeah. Especially if you're a big Linkin Park fan, don't skip on it. It's it's basically his message to the fans and to mm-hmm. the world that we will get through this, yeah. we're going through this, it's okay to be sad, but we still have to move on. Cool. Alright, cool. Uh, and the other thing you listen to. Oh, the other thing we listened to briefly <laughs> yeah. is the first half. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, which is Christina Aguilera's new album, yeah. Liberation. Uh, Liberation. Yes. What the hell is up with that thing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what she's doing. Yeah, when I heard of it, it sounded like uh, uh, either she got this idea in her head or somebody got the idea in her head that she needs to make a Beyonce album. Because that's what it sounded like to me. This thing sounded very overproduced and very much reminded me of that uh, Candyman song she did. <laughs> but like every man, song yeah. was like that. Yeah, it seems like she really is leaning into the R&B side of her sound and uh, getting like hip-hop producers to, uh, to help her out. There's Kanye there's, production credits on this thing. Yeah, there's two Kanye songs. Yeah, and um, you can definitely you tell can hear it. Kanye. Turns out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it seems like she's trying a different kind of vibe, and it didn't seem like you were enjoying it. No, not, not particularly. Uh, it does have some signature Christina runs, runs. in it. Uh, some signature Christina has the runs. Lows. Let, let me let you hear it first here. Christina has the runs. Yes. Uh, Christina Aguilera always has, always will. Definitely sounds like her, but just like throw her yeah. voice over a Beyonce track, and <laughs> it's kind of what yeah, you get. Kind of similar to that. I mean, kudos to her for trying something different, though. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that like she doesn't want to be get stuck into the the Katy Perry Taylor Swift rut. Right, and this so is definitely something sense. that I can see her wanting to do. Basically. Yeah. 
explore the options that she has. Kind of reminds she her trajectory kind of reminds me of the Kelly Clarkson trajectory, mm-hmm. where they basically they struggled for a little bit trying to figure themselves out, and then they realized, now nah, I'm just gonna do what I want. Right. And then something clicked in like at the late period of their career where both of them are like having new success now because they figured out a niche. The question is, is that will will Christina find that niche quick? Because a lot of people are, uh, it seems like people are going to sleep on this thing. I think so too. Yeah, it's not going to be as important as Kelly's thing. I think was for her career. Right, but uh, Kelly's steered more to the mom genre. Mom genre, but it's good mom genre though. Yeah. That's the thing is, I listened to part of that re- recent uh, Kelly Clarkson album. Was like, she's doing some really great stuff. It's just, it's not for the like, it's not for Mass the people radio, who were the, the place where she, her stuff got played before. Right. She's pivoted, and I think Christina is pivoting as well. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see if Christina gets the plays she wants. Yeah. So she gets the audience market she's looking for. But let's move on. Let's move on. So that'll do it for music. Let's move into video games. Yes. Don't worry, guys. This is kind of a cleanup week for video games. The big explosion of E3 was the last week. So this is the aftermath. This is basically like uh, everything's kind of slowed down in the video game world. We won't have a lot of huge news for a while, but a little bit here and there. Yeah, but first, we have some new releases. We have new releases. First up. Uh, we have a version of Flashback coming to Switch. Yoku's Island Express, which from what I understand is like a platformer pinball mashup, which apparently is really awesome. I've heard nothing but good stuff about this game. The Switch version was out last week. This week the PS4 version joins it. So I'm actually probably going to pick that up. I don't okay. know which console though. Probably PS4. Um, hmm. but, but I'm like really curious about that game because I've heard nothing but really ecstatic stuff about it. Hmm. And I love okay. pinball. All right. And a pinball, like adventure game sounds amazing. Pinball adventure game. Yeah. So hmm. I'm in, I'll, I'll try Yoku's Island Express. Okay. Uh, grab the bottle on Switch, which sounds, I don't know what that sounds like. It sounds like a party game. I think so. You spin the bottle? I don't know. Uh, a lot, there's a lot of Switch titles being released. Yeah. Including Musnicks. Mucinex. Mucinex, yes. Uh, your favorite uh, sinus medicine, medicine coming switch. Drawful 2, that of course, uh, Drawful, um, that's, that's part one of the, the Jack Jackbox games, getting a standalone uh, release for Switch. And our big release this week, the uh, coming to Switch, Mario Tennis Aces, which we're probably going to buy. Yeah. I haven't 100% dedicated 60 bucks to that because it's a lot of money. And I think that I feel like if I'm going to do that, I want to buy a Pro Controller. I'm like, that's another $60? So that's $120? I know you do. So I don't know. We'll see. It's a big investment. We'll see. Uh, But yeah, that's out this week. At long last. All right. We've got to our our video game news. Our first story is kind of a cleanup story after E3. This one about Sony. Uh, So one of the biggest complaints coming out of E3 about Sony was that they have restrictions on cross-play for the games. For their games, most notably Fortnite. So, as you recall, one of the big news was Fortnite coming to Switch, Switch. and being allowed to cross-play your account between yes. Switch and Xbox. So, Switch people can play on Xbox and play against Xbox people and PC people. They're all one big pool, uh, from what I understand. Uh, they can all play against each other, and you can yeah, you can move your profile from place to place and retain all of your stuff. However, the PlayStation version of Fortnite acts as an island. You cannot go in and out. You cannot 
play against anybody else except, I think, other PlayStation players. Correct. So, uh, gamers have discovered that if they had first played the game on a PlayStation console, as I mentioned, they are unable to use the same Fortnite account with the newly released Switch edition. This prevents them from being able to make use of outfits and other in-game purchases and rewards they had garnered. There's no limitation when moving through the Xbox One and Switch, which we just kind of basically said. And people have voiced their concerns loudly via social media, as they are wont to do. Sony has since released a press statement that you can cross-play Fortnite now, I guess. This wasn't the case before. On PC, Mac, iOS, and Android devices. But, quote, we have nothing further to add beyond this at this point. Yeah. There's I'm still no cross-play between <sighs> Xbox consoles and Switch consoles. Yeah. But you, with PlayStation, much, you mean, PlayStation. Yeah, PlayStation. Uh, this has happened before, Sony, uh, as we've noted before, uh, with Riot League, which I believe we talked about here, and Minecraft. Uh, they, Sony's pretty much locked down uh, when it comes to uh, connection with other consoles. Yes, one of the former uh, executives at Sony was asked about this, and his response was, it's Sony wanting to make sure you buy Sony products. Yeah, which, of course it is. Of course it is. And Microsoft was like this for a while, too. I mean, this kind of uh, friend, platform-friendly Microsoft is not that old. It's like maybe a couple years old. Uh, they, they used to just be as locked down as Sony is now. That used to be the norm. Console players play consoles and usually play against themselves, not mm-hmm. against other consoles. So, yeah, this whole, like democracy democratization of multiplayer play is new and Sony's just not there yet so we'll see moving on moving on something else that's so new that we are not even going to see it probably until next year a Yoshi game for the Switch yeah so we uh, noted in our pre-E3 podcast that hey we should probably see some of that Yoshi game they said it was coming out this year well we didn't we didn't see Yoshi Nintendo did not show that Yoshi solo adventure for Switch at all on E3, because it's been delayed, and Nintendo has officially confirmed that. It's officially confirmed to be delayed till 2019. Uh, it was announced at E3 last year, as you may remember, and it was even playable on the show floor. Uh, during uh, the show, Reggie fils uh, who was, I guess, president of Nintendo America, I think? That's yeah, his title. Yeah, that's his title. Uh, uh, said that it is still in development. Yoshi, in the meantime, will, of course, appear in... Super Mario Party, Mario Tennis Aces, and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, all of which are released later this year. So, so you're still going to get your Yoshi fix well, this Yoshi, year. Yoshi, just not the game Yoshi, which is what we've been waiting for. Right. Uh, it looked like it was a cardboard theme, so uh, uh, one theory that I saw on Twitter was like, are they going to put Labo in it? I was like, yeah, oh, maybe. I can see that. Some Labo support in it. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, yeah uh, we'll Yoshi still coming out. Yoshi game still being worked on. So for those of you who are crying, wah, uh, during E3 during Nintendo Direct's uh, video, yeah, don't worry, he's out there. He's coming. He's a coming. And other news from E3. A lot of people have been wondering about Halo Infinite, the thing that opened the Microsoft conference um on uh last week's e3 stage and everyone was a lot of people were actually excited hey new halo game new this halo thing game. looks amazing yeah but the one thing that kind of take away from that trailer is that we have no idea one what this game is and two when the hell it's coming out and there's kind of a reason for that 
So it turns out that this uh, demo that they showed there uh, was not only a preview for a new Halo game that is pretty far off into the horizon, but also the engine that it's built on. Apparently, this is a brand new engine called Slipspace that's designed by the Halo Studio 343. Studio boss Chris Lee said the game is so ambitious that they need an entirely new engine to support their design. This is probably why Halo Infinite is probably a few years off. So don't get too excited to see it anytime soon. I would bet this is a late 2019, early 2020 game at best. I'm going to put it out even further. Okay. I'm going to say this is a five-year-out game. Whoa. This is a 2022 whoa, whoa, game. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't think I can go that far. Uh, I can go that far because I lived that. You lived that. In 2013, <laughs> PlayStation came out and showed I the know, first know, glimpses of Kingdom Hearts 3. Yes. The, Everyone was crazy it about was it. It was not Kingdom Hearts. Yes. It actually is <laughs> more <laughs> ambitious. It's more important for Xbox. But... The reason they showed that was to say, hey, one, we're working on it. Two, this is the engine it's going to be run on. Yeah. Later in development, they did switch engines. There are some similarities, but I don't think it's... And that was... That's the case. That was a five, going to be five years out game. Going to be yeah. six. 2019 we'll release. I don't think it's that far out. I think that if, if at latest 2021. No, it's going to be further. Nah. I think you're crazy. Moving on. No, I think I'm accurate. You're crazy. If, if Halo is going to be as big and as ambitious as they want it to be, I think that we're going to see this thing delayed and pushed back, and it's going to be worked on as like their crown jeweling of the Xbox One. Well, we'll wait and see. How about that? All right. Our last story in video games. And good thing, because my throat is about to get out, give out. Uh, GameStop. They're a popular topic on this podcast. So we noted last month that the CEO of GameStop left the company. Yep. Well, there's some other stuff going on financially that might be interesting for the future of the company. They are currently in talks with private equity firms about a potential buyout. In May... CEO Michael Mahler left GameStop, as you just mentioned, and several hedge fund companies, including Tiger Management LLC, Sycamore Partners, and a Texas-based company called Grapevine, uh, rose 11% on news of interest. Of interest in buying GameStop. So... So, could we see the end of GameStop, or at least a new parent? Uh, I mean, it sounds like they just want a uh, an investment, a kicker, somebody to buy them and basically put a lot of money behind some sort of massive pivot. Yeah. That's my guess. Well, we have noted uh, previously on the podcast that GameStop has continuously lost revenue yeah. over the past several years. They need a kick in the pants. Yeah, they're no longer the go-to games. GameStop. Yeah. Right. <laughs> stop for games. Yeah, so they go to stopping for yeah. games. GameStop. So I have uh, two possible theories. Two, two theories here. Two possible ways it could go. All right, let's make it three. Okay, all right. Uh, well, what the first one that came to mind is they're looking for a complete pivot. They're looking for a way to spin their business in a way that they can't do right now because they don't have the financial backing to do it. So... If uh, made, like one of these companies buys them out, 
and then they have some some cash to use. I think what they do is they spin to have a enormous digital presence in some way, whether this be a digital storefront a la Steam or a streaming service mm-hmm. a la what you used to be like Game Tap or something. So, so like a competitor to a PlayStation Now or, or a Xbox, game, Xbox Game Pass thing. So that's theory one. Theory two is is that that's what they think they're getting into and that's what they want, but the corporate partner is just going to buy on and just shut it down. That's And the reason why I think that that is possible is because GameStop has proven that they're just a big money hole right now. Mm-hmm. They're losing revenue like crazy. They're becoming irrelevant. And these companies are probably also seeing what's happening to other retail giants like Toys R Us. And probably like, this is not a business that's worth getting into. So if they do there purchase is, it, they're buying it to absorb it and shut it down. There is literal writing yeah. on the wall. Right. But you don't buy something just to shut it down. You buy something because you yeah. want to make a profit off of it. I mean, in theory. In theory. But I've also seen the latter happen as well as the former. So sometimes they'll, they'll buy, a company will buy something that has cultural cachet, aka everybody knows what GameStop is. Mm-hmm. They know the GameStop branding, but the actual thing that they do is irrelevant. So my that the second thing, the other kind of like the asterisk there is that they could still use the GameStop branding for other things. They could like spin it off into something else and call something else GameStop because they own the IP. Also, important to note here, purchase of GameStop is also a purchase of Game Informer magazine. Keep that in mind. That is still... Wait, are they still running? Yes, Game Informer isn't only still running. They're one of the highest circulated magazines in the United States. They have been a top 10 magazine in the U.S. for the last decade and a half. Yeah, I believe it. They're one of the few magazines that still matter because of GameStop. GameStop got so many subscriptions out in the world mm-hmm. for Game Informer that they have higher circulation numbers than freaking like Time Magazine, than 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 like People ESPN Magazine, than ESPN Magazine. Like they have such high cachet in the magazine world that that would be a lucrative thing for a corporate owner to buy. Hmm. So keep that in mind. That's that's a, that's a pawn here in the GameStop buy. So they might just shut down GameStop and keep Game Informer. So I what was your theory? Oh no, that's the game for my <laughs> <Yeah>. theory. <laughs> that's part I, of it. Yeah, uh, that's something I considered. I mean, yeah. I used to have, I got Game Informer from right. GameStop. Right. Uh, it is yeah. Uh, people still use that, even though you know we have internet now. Uh, YouTube people make videos constantly, but yeah. I mean, but print, people like print magazines still. Yeah. There's I mean, not a lot of them. Well, they still get a lot of exclusives, whether it's art or insiders. Yeah. So there's still some relevance as to why they would still be around. Right. Um, no, I didn't really have a conspiracy theory. No, okay. <laughs> I was hoping you could make up a third one. No, that was, <laughs> that was the two. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's where I can keep going. Basically... What I'm saying is regardless of what happens, the GameStop as we know it will die if this happens. Because there's no way that they can they can uh, exist. Yeah, the GameStop model, well, I was hoping GameStop would uh, incorporate that, yeah. that that winner's sale thing where you pay 100 bucks or, well, or 60 bucks or whatever and you can just I mean, exchange games. Unless possibly. that's their pivot, maybe that's what they try. I mean, that was a good... 
but concept. If, but if that fails, though, then there's nothing left. Yeah. And then they have to do something digital. Right. I, I feel like they want to get into the digital space. Mm. They actually do offer some digital yeah, content. They do. But not enough to make it substantial. So whatever GameStop does, or whatever whoever ends up buying them does, it's got to be a big, splashy move to get people mm. back to caring about GameStop. Otherwise, you're right. Writing is literally on the wall a la Toys R Us. Right. It's a lot. It is. <laughs> and we've talked a lot. I think we are done. Unless you have any games you want to talk uh, about. No, I didn't play any games this week. Although, I kind of returned Kirby because uh, I forgot to update my credit card, so technically our gameplay is on laps. So we're t- technically I'm on probation for gameplay. Yeah, until you <laughs> I kind of turned that back in uh, because right. I I forgot everything turned off on my old debit card uh, because they replaced the old debit right. cards. So yeah, uh, but that's for me to worry about. So um, so yeah. I think we're done. I think it's time to plug away. So, that will do it for the Media Book Podcast for this week. Uh, You can tune in next week. We are live on YouTube. Just search Media Book Podcast on YouTube YouTube to find our channel. We're live every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time. This week we were a little later than that, but usually we are at 8 o'clock. So you can catch us live if you uh, if you uh, subscribe to our channel. You'll get notifications when we go live, which is pretty cool. We're also on social media if you want to track us that way. We're on Twitter at MediaBoatCast. We're on Facebook, search MediaBoatPodcast. Like and comment on our page. We enjoy it. We want feedback. Give us some feedback. You can find us on our uh, Patreon as well, where you can donate as little as a dollar a month to make this content even better um so that uh that was patreon.com slash media boat if you want to help us there when we are streaming video games every once in a while we stream them on twitch.tv slash media boats check that out i would plug mediaboatpodcast.com here but it is also on a brief break we are on hiatus with the website um i'm just thinking uh, kind of in my head about uh what we're going to do in the future with that because um I kind of want to rethink our ideas yeah. about our approach to the website. Mm-hmm. Maybe have some sort of idea for a, con- a content pipeline that we can actually do. Stick to. Stick to, because it just was, what we were doing before was just way too time consuming. <laughs> so yeah, we'll figure something out for the podcast. We'll figure out what kind of content we want to put on there and it'll be back up and we'll let you know when it is. But until then, those are the plugs uh, that I got. Oh, if you want to listen to the audio version of our podcast, that's the last one I didn't do. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Media Boat Podcast on there. You can also find us uh, by plugging our RSS feed into any of those podcast, catch, podcast catchers that you've got. And get us every week. And that will do it for the Media Boat Podcast. That'll do it. That'll wrap us up. Thank you all for tuning in. Yep. Thank you all for listening. Yep. We will be back next week, next week. with Jurassic World yep. uh, 2, uh, Incredibles. Yep. Two yep. and any music that we may listen to. Yeah, video whatever games. we do, we'll tell you about it. So yep. tune in. We'll tune in. We'll be back next week. Thank y'all for listening and bye.